to Cyst and Dismiss, a brand new variety crime podcast hosted by me, Rebecca Adele, and my sister, Felicia Segovia. Hi, everyone. Welcome. We're so excited to be starting this podcast together. We've been talking about it for a while now. Some things you can expect on this podcast are topics that are important or interesting to us. Since we're millennials or women in their 20s, we go through things that are probably unique to the time. And as sisters who are 15 months apart, practically Irish twins, we relate, laugh, joke, and cry about those things. So we thought, hey, why not? Why not start a podcast, record it, and see if other people can relate? (laughs) Would you agree with this? Yeah. Basically, we want to share our lives with each other and with everyone else and how we feel about certain topics and a little bit of true crime because we are slightly obsessed but yeah we want to get our opinions out there and if you agree with it or even if you don't listen along and let's see how it goes yeah definitely having different opinions about things will make it way more interesting but you did mention the other part of this podcast which will be us talking about crime and mysteries we're both true crime fans and here we will give quick summaries and our thoughts to cases that intrigue us what did you think about starting um, a crime section honestly starting a true crime podcast has been a dream of mine since I started listening to true crime probably about three years ago listening to the first podcast that was ever true crime was morbid and just listening to the two girls bounce back and forth I thought there's no way me and my sister couldn't do that with the way that we talk with each other anyways and I mean we talk on a day-to-day basis so I figured why not do it together yeah no definitely you mentioned morbid is that one of your favorite podcasts Yeah, between more, I only have two that I listen to religiously, and it's Morbid and Not Your Mother's Podcast. Morbid's just true crime and topics related to that, whereas Not Your Mother's Podcast is more of a variety podcast. She talks more about being married and what it was like to be a mom and what it was like to be a young mom and a woman, and she's super funny, and her husband and her are just hilarious to listen to, so they're definitely my top two. That's good. One of my favorite ones is Crime Junkie. Have you heard of it? I haven't. That one's really good. It has two women who um, talk about different crimes and it's mostly one of the women reacting as the other tells the story. And I just like her voice. Like it's really calming and she doesn't, I don't she doesn't sound robotic, but she makes it sound interesting and suspenseful. Yeah. So before we get started, I wanted us to talk a bit about ourselves so the audience can get to know us. Felicia, you can go first. (laughs) Okay. Well, my name is Felicia Segovia. I am 26, going to be 27 years old. I am married. I've been married to my husband for almost three, two, two years, almost two years. Sorry, but we've been together for a lot longer than that. Um, My sister, Rebecca, she is 15 months older than me. And she's basically been my best friend since childhood. I used to follow her around and try to bug her and hang out with her and her friends. And she always used to push me aside. But I mean, now she's basically my best friend. So yeah, we have two older sisters as well. And they are both older, married, got kids doing their thing. And me and Becca, as I call her, are just kind of living the dream and going along with emotions. So a little more personal topics. What is your favorite food? That's a tough one. I know. That's tough. Okay. Favorite, favorite food as in like, if this is the last food I could eat for the rest of my life, this is the only one that I would ever want or favorite as in like, I would go to it first if I had like an option of foods. Um, let's go with the second option. The first one seemed very like life or death, (laughs) very life or death for me with food. Okay. I am a foodie (laughs) through and through. 
Okay, so favorite food, first picked option would have to be, ooh, shrimp. You put shrimp in front of me over anything else and I'm going to go for it. What about if you had like shrimp and lobster? You would pick shrimp? See, that's where it gets tricky. It depends. Oh, is it like shellfish or is it like seafood or is it like, you know what I mean? Okay, so then I guess it would be seafood. Okay. If you had to categorize it as one whole, it would be seafood. Okay. Well, that leads into me because I also love seafood. My favorite food is sushi. But a little bit about me is um, I live in Southern California, so we do not live close. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a pretty creative person. I like to write and draw and take photos. Um, I like to hang out at the beach. Um, I have two cats. Um what else is interesting? Hey, my cat's adorable. What else is interesting? Maybe that you're a college graduate. That's not that interesting. There are That's lots of interesting. Graduates. That's pretty interesting. That's interesting for our family. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> sisters, if you're listening to this. You're not supposed to graduate from college out of the four of us. That is interesting in my book. It's interesting to some people. That's true. Yeah. Very cool. And I think something we also want to do on this podcast, especially I think maybe through from, you know, transitioning from topics to crime stories is try and tell a little joke. I think we like to keep things lighthearted, you and I, um, by making light of situations. So um, I do have a joke, but it is do. funny. Don't, don't come at me for it. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What do you call an alligator detective? Um, what? An investigator. Oh my God. Get it? An investigator? Gator as an alligator? Okay. No, no, I got it. Trust me. Okay. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know this was going to host like dad jokes. Like bad. Okay. Wow. 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 But we are alligators, investigators, because we will be sissing and dismissing these cases. So are we sistigators? (gasps) We're sisters. Sisters. But we will be telling a true crime story this today on this episode, which the segment when we tell a true crime story will be called caffeinated crime because we both love to be crime. We both love to be caffeinated. Definitely don't like to be crimed. Um, Caffeinated on the other hand, it's a daily thing. Do you want to say caffeinated crime at the same time? Ready? Are we doing it on three or are we doing it? It's going to go like this. It's going to be caffeinated crime. It's going to go like that. Okay. 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 One, two, three. Caffeinated crime. There was no, you didn't do it the right time. We're so late. (laughs) You like lagged. (laughs) I didn't lag. You lagged. No. Okay. Ready? I was waiting for you. (laughs) Okay. Don't, no counting, just fingers. Okay. Why are you so slow? What are you talking about? You're okay, going. I'm just going to watch you. Ready, say, go. Okay, ready? Caffeine I think there's a lag on our... <laughs> okay, either way, I have a Slurpee, so there's my caffeine. Okay, we'll, we'll do better next time, everyone. Maybe. There are no promises. Do you have a caffeinated drink for our caffeinated crime time? I have a bubbly, mango bubbly. Does it's... that have caffeine in there? No, sorry. failing failing off the bat i'm drinking a cherry coke slurpee from 7-eleven so the crime story i will be telling today is the story of the girl scout murders have you heard of it 
I have not. You've never heard of it? No. (laughs) (laughs) So you actually wrote this story as one of the options, like on our list when we were putting together a list. So Um, I did do that, but I did that because one, I just read the name and I thought it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I knew we would be doing research to read about it. So I haven't actually like dug any deep into this story, but I do like, I know that that's on our list. Yeah. I thought you picked this story because there is a Hulu um, documentary or show that just came out pretty recently. So I thought you had picked it, like you had seen that show and then picked it from that. Nope. I haven't seen it yet. Interesting. Well, after you hear this story, you're going to probably want to go and watch that. <laughs> watch it together. Okay. Ready? Ready. So in the summer of 1977, three young girls, Lori Farmer, Michelle Gouche and Doris Milner, were assaulted and murdered on their first night at Camp Scott in Mays County, Oklahoma. Hours later, a count counselor found the girls' bodies stuffed in their sleeping bags and scattered through the woods. Well, this mm-hmm. is very eerie. Already a no for me. Decades later, local residents are still angst against the details about the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. Even though evidence pointed towards one primary suspect, no one has ever been convicted for the three murders that took place 45 years ago. Imagine the killer is still walking around Oklahoma, just like big chilling. That would be a scary thought. Hopefully he's dead. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. So Lori Lee Farmer, eight, Michelle Heather Gousset, nine, and Doris Denise Milner, 10, arrived for Girl Scout camp at Camp Scott on June 12, 1977. That evening, around 7 p.m., the girls were taking shelter from a thunderstorm in tent number eight. The tents where the Girl Scouts stayed were fanned out around the counselor's quarters in order to keep an eye on the girls, but tent number eight was the furthest away and almost impossible to see at night. At around 6 a.m. the following morning, a counselor named Carla Wilhit discovered the lifeless bodies of Farmer Gousset and Milner stuffed into their sleeping bags near the main road into camp. Mm. All three girls had been sexually molested and beaten. Farmer and Gousset were found to be bludgeoned to death and Milner had been strangled. Their bodies were found approximately 150 yards from tent number eight. 150 yards? That's quite far. How many feet is that? I'm not good at math. 450 feet. That's a long ways away. But also, I don't know if you um, want to look up a map the way the camp is set up, but it's sort of like semi-circled where all of the tents are arranged, like all the girls' tents are arranged. And then on one end, you have the counselor. You have like a building in the middle, which is like, I heard it was like an irrigation building or something. And then you have tent A on the other side. So it really was the furthest from the counselor's. Um, and also in between all of the tents, it's like, there's a lot of trees. Like it's not, it's not like a flat. It's not close to each other. Everything's spread out. Yeah. It's pretty spread out. There are a lot of trees in between the tents. Um, and it shows where the bodies are found was furthest from the tent. So like tent A was the furthest tent from where the bodies were found. Tent eight. Yeah, 10 8. Yeah. So he had to either backtrack or completely like detour completely around the campsite. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know why their bodies were in sleeping bags on the road. Like, I think he was trying to 
have people find them like pretty early on mm-hmm. maybe even like honestly maybe even the other campers like he probably wanted all the other little girls that's horrifying see it no like why else would you bring the bodies out there yeah almost as if you were staging them yeah sort of like here look at this everyone you have to cross this path that's disgusting people are disgusting so when the police arrived on the scene they found they found tent number eight covered in blood they also learned about strange noises that several other campers and counselors had heard throughout the night Around 1.30 a.m., multiple people heard moaning sounds coming from the direction of tent number eight. Carla Wilhit, the counselor who would eventually find the bodies, investigated the noises but couldn't find the source. Thinking it was most likely an animal, she went back to sleep. Approximately 30 minutes later, a camper in tent number seven was awoken when someone with a flashlight opened the flap to the tent. At around 3 a.m., another girl heard a scream come from the section of the camp where tent number eight was located. At the same time, another camper heard a scream, followed by someone crying, mama, mama, unsure of what to do, both girls went back to sleep. What the heck? Okay, pause. Please pause there, because how are you going to hear all of this and then just go back to sleep? You're not going to say anything? These are like nine, ten-year-olds. But still, at nine or ten years old, you hear somebody scream, I would go run to whoever was in charge and be like, I heard somebody scream. No, I don't think you would. I don't think that I, no, I couldn't imagine that I would just sit there and act like quiet about something like that. I feel like I wouldn't. I don't know. Like, cause I just feel like if I was away at 10, at like 10 years old at camp and I was in my tent for the first night and I heard those noises, I wouldn't go outside to where the noises were, even though that's like, that's the direction where the adults are. Okay. But what if somebody's opening your tent flap? Um, I would probably just chalk it. I would probably just chalk it up to like my counselor coming to check on us. Maybe you're just too like justifiable, but I I would be shitting bricks. Sorry, I would. No, no, I would be scared, but I also wouldn't get up in the middle of the night to go see who's crying for their mom. I mean, I wouldn't get up to go see who it was. I'd get up to go say something to have somebody else go see who it was. I'm not a suffer in silence type of person. Like, I don't want to be there scared by myself. If I'm scared, everyone's going to be scared with me. Maybe I would wake people up in my tent to go with me, but I wouldn't go out there alone to, to the counselor. That's what I'm saying. But like, nobody did. Like, that's just, I don't know. It's wild to me. I don't know. I guess they, um, I don't know. <laughs> but basically this night, like it wasn't a silent night. It wasn't like nobody heard you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. There was definitely people heard things crazy. Nobody had the balls to do anything. Sorry. They're like nine years old. So, so the three girls in tent number eight had known each other for less than 24 hours when they were murdered. Lori Farmer was the youngest girl at the camp at just eight years old. Michelle Gousset had previously attended Camp Scott and reportedly knew it well. Denise Milner had wanted to back out of the trip after two of her friends canceled, but her mother encouraged her to go anyway. A fourth girl was supposed to stay in the tent with them, but wasn't scheduled to arrive until the following day. Can, oh, she can you imagine, like, she as the married. fourth girl in that tent, finding out probably years later, because I imagine they don't tell you right away, that you were supposed to be the fourth girl in that tent? No, like, I couldn't. I would simply unalive myself. Like, no. <laughs> Done. Sorry. Didn't sign up for that. I haven't. I would become this giant, like, prodigy of some sort who was just like meant to cure cancer or something like I would make it my life destined to that I did something positive with my life like if you were spared like that mm-hmm. 
Well, I haven't read about who that fourth girl was supposed to be. I don't know if she was ever like identified, but that's just crazy. Also reportedly, I read another um, article where it said they, the counselors previous days had found a sign or a note that said they were looking to kill three little girls. I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't know if they like specifically mm-hmm. said three or if they actually found a note, but like that was also rumored in this story that like weird things have been happening before the murders. And that was one of them that like somebody had sort of warned the camp that they oh, were premeditated in a sense. Oh no, it was definitely premeditated, but like, I don't know like how much control the camp would have had over the fact of only placing three girls in the in the tent and like the odds of that actually happening. Yeah. And who's ever basically stalking this camp, seeing that there are only three girls in there. I mean, I guess. It's not like he opened the tent door was like, oh, sorry, there's four. Not this time. Well, he might have. Remember tent number seven said somebody opened the. (gasps) What if that is what happened? Crazy. See, if she would have spoken up, but no, she decided to be a little crybaby and suffer in silence. See, this is why you always speak up, people. Always speak up. Moving on. (laughs) During the day, the three girls had participated in camp activities and written letters home to their families. Farmer reportedly wrote about Gousset and Milner in her letter, saying that they were her new friends. I read some of those letters. You can find them online. It's actually really sad because it's some of their last words to their family. That is horrible. Like, could you imagine their parents knowing that that's the last time? Those are probably like some of the last genuine, pure thoughts that like their babies had. So... In April 1977, just two months before the murders, a training session for camp counselors was held at Camp Scott. However, the weekend ended prematurely when a counselor's cabin was ransacked and a disturbing note was discovered in an empty box of donuts. The handwritten note warned, we are on a mission to kill three girls in tent one. Someone had also created an effigy of a man, which they hanged from, which they hung from a tree by its neck. Wait, what's an effigy? An effigy is a sculpture or a model of a person according to the internet (laughs) ew so wait they created a model of the murderer or a model of just some random man um it just says of a man Hmm. that's weird i mean i assume it's the somebody trying to scare the counselors yeah but also it said intent one and that's not i mean they were intent eight like that's weird about the whole like three girl thing only was right then i don't know as like a the director of like a camp if you found a note like that like how seriously are you taking it i mean nowadays probably seriously but back then in like what 77 they probably just chalked it up to a prank i mean seeing all of these like signs of what happened after the fact where it's like very easy to be like they should have known better they should have not have sent girls to that camp or they should have up security but like you know but back in that day like that wasn't a thing like terror like that wasn't so prevalent in their society and their world yeah nobody came to to camps and then murdered little girls even the murdering of little girls still wasn't prevalent um i think murdering little girls was pretty rampant always (laughs) throughout history of time i feel like with the 70s is when murder really started to like make its mark it's definitely when we started to get more serial killers i'll give you that okay while both the effigy and the note were strange and upsetting, the letter also mentioned Martians. 
the camp administrators dismissed the entire series of events as a tasteless prank. As in aliens? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> oh yeah. bodies, empty donuts, and aliens. All right. Maybe, maybe I would then. <laughs> So during the police's the police initial search for the 400 acre on the 400 acre campsite, they found duct tape, rope, a flashlight, and women's eyeglasses near tent eight. They noted that the flashlight had newspaper stuff inside it to keep the batteries from rattling. It also had tape that covered the lens to dull the light. The duct tape and rope both matched the kind used on the three girls. Further away police located a crowbar and several empty beer bottles i don't like any of that no he was definitely planning this like yeah he's been planning it for a while and especially to go to like the extent of making sure that your batteries don't make any noise yeah is detailed but as their search expanded police found more duct tape along with groceries photographs and newspapers in a nearby cave the newspapers were the same issue found inside the flashlight as if this wasn't enough evidence that the killer had been living in the cave, the words, the killer was here, bye-bye fools, 77-617, were written on the cave wall. Oh I mean, my goodness. He's practically mocking them. Like, he's practically, like, oh my god. Like, I've been here the whole time watching and stalking, and now I murdered three girls, and you didn't even know I was here. That's horrible. Who, who does that? Somebody knew it was a Girl Scout camp. They decided to live in that cave, stock them, gather supplies, and then execute a plan. Like in a cave too. Like you couldn't even live in a vehicle somewhere. Like you had to choose a cave. Okay, weirdo. But uh, no, I don't understand the dead bodies and aliens. But okay. So after Farmer Gusey and Milner were murdered, police suspected 33-year-old Jean Leroy Hart of committing the crimes. Hart had been sentenced to life in prison years earlier for the kidnapping and sexual assault of two pregnant women. Following his conviction, Hart had escaped from jail, but was believed to be still in the area when the murders took place. What? You're telling me this man escaped from jail, was still chilling in the area, and no, I'm sorry. How, could happen- you not, how do you ha- not have a manhunt for an escaped felon? It happens quite a bit. People like will escape or they'll like get out on like in between things and then they'll commit more crimes. Like that's pretty. Then, that one guy that killed like a bunch of women didn't he escape from prison too which one you're gonna have to be more specific no he didn't escape from prison he was like a good guy like or he's not a good guy i'm sorry (laughs) he was like pretending to be like a nice guy and no i swear to god and he he was good looking no i swear he escaped from prison or he escaped from like his hearing or something he escaped from something i know he did because he was on the run and then like came back because he couldn't hack it out in the wild who ted bunny yeah i don't know you're gonna have to tell that story yeah we'll go we'll go over ted bundy don't worry so although no one was officially ever convicted for the murders of farmer gusey and milner dna testing conducted in 2022 strongly pointed at jean leroy hart although there is no full dna profile to conclusively say that hart was the killer the new testing did rule out several potential suspects that had been considered over the years. Hmm. The DNA samples had originally been tested in 1989, but were inconclusive. When they were tested again in 2008, the samples were considered too degraded based on the technology available at the time. 
they think it's him. They're pretty sure it's him, but they're they can't. This happened such a long time ago that they can't like be specific and exact. Yeah, it sucks. I don't like that. It does suck. They never. It's like the Zodiac Killer. What about the Zodiac Killer? (laughs) The Zodiac Killer never got identified. Yeah, they did. Not up until recently. As in, like the last couple years recently. No, you're right. I think I heard about that. Wait, was that the Zodiac Killer or the Golden State Killer? Both. Gene Leroy Hart, he actually died of a heart attack when he was 35. So, I mean, he was in prison at that time. Um, But yeah, he was never convicted, unfortunately. Well, karma's a bitch and he deserved it. So I don't have any sympathy. (laughs) As you should. So the camp was shut down after the murders. A few hours after the bodies were found, the camp was evacuated and shut down permanently. The Girl Scouts were not told why. Parents of the surviving children all waited at Tulsa bus depot, not knowing if their daughters were dead or alive until the girls arrived around 2.15 p.m. the next day. That is horrifying. No, like as a parent, you're just like, oh my god children I heard are dead I don't know if mine is going to get off or not like that's a horrible way to find out what oh my goodness I'm having such a hard time like being okay with the way that this was handled it was the 70s I cannot I cannot I'm very glad that I was not born in the 70s but at the same time I feel like I would have been good in the 70s I don't know it's a struggle but could you imagine sitting there at a bus like stop waiting for your kid and then your kid never showing up and having to like realize that with hundreds of other kids and parents around you I know that's really like depressing and I've seen photos of (coughs) I've seen photos of parents picking up their children and they just like look so relieved and they're like crying and hugging them and I was like some of those parents didn't get to do that Mm -mm. so the Girl Scouts sold the camp which was opened in 1928 to a local family in the 80s and it remains closed to this day. That's- yeah, I don't know if I would ever send a child to a camp that I knew other children died at. So, I mean, good on them for closing it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they could have done something with it to remember the girls. I don't know. Mm, yeah, they could have turned it into like a memorial spot. This article I'm reading, though, it mentions that Hulu documentary I was talking about, um, singer and actress Kristen Chenoweth. She was supposed to, I guess, have gone to that camp when she was like the same age. So she hosts the documentary. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What a coincidence too. I wonder if like she went into acting or something. I don't know. I feel like that's a coincidence. That's weird. That's crazy. I know. I like, I feel like at such a young age, if you heard something like that, it definitely would leave like an impression on you. Oh, definitely. There are I have a impression from when the janitor at our elementary school died from do you remember that you don't remember that do you okay so the janitor at our elementary school died from mixing from the from inhale inhaling too many toxic chemicals like they were mixed together he was cleaning one of the bathrooms and basically just like died from inhaling all the fumes from the chemicals he was using to clean the bathroom I didn't know that that's wild yeah (laughs) but something like that that young of an age will definitely leave an impression on you trust me been there done that impressed not impressed 
not impressed, but you know what I mean. So unfortunately, that wraps up this story in not a very good happy ending. I mean, none of these are going to have a happy ending, but there was no conviction. So it's even more unhappy. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'm okay with the way that that one ended, but can't win them all, I guess. So would you say this one is cyst? Definitely not. It was cyst, but it wasn't dismissed because we couldn't dismiss it. Oh, you're right. This one has definitely been cyst. Insert um, like Judge Judy hammer coming down now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed this crime story. (laughs) If you're listening to weird banter. If you're listening to it before bed, um, go have a cookie. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but I hope um, you enjoyed this first episode of Cis and Dismiss. I know we didn't get to a topic this time around. We'll save that for next time. If you have any questions or concerns, you can, no, no concerns. If you have any questions, you can send us a quick DM on Instagram or Twitter at Cis and Dis Podcast. Holly, what are your socials? Um, so our social on Twitter, like you said, is sis and dis podcast, but it's not and it's N the letter N as in Nancy. Um, if you want to find my personal social, my personal Twitter, you can follow me at fee F E E underscore one, one, six. And if you want to find my Instagram, you can find me at Felicia underscore Noel one, one, six. And you can find me at Rebecca Dell underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And our email. Our email? Our email. What is it? I don't remember. You made it. I don't remember it either. Oh my goodness. Our email, I believe, is like cyst and cyst and dis podcast at yahoo.com. There you go, everyone. All right. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.